today on Family Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. I'm Jim Valdheis, and today we're going to listen to a classic program featuring our former co-hosts, Ryan Dobson and Luann Crane. So here now is Ryan Dobson opening the program on this classic edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. Welcome to Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. I'm Ryan Dobson here with Luann Crane, and our host is psychologist and author and my dad, Dr. James Dobson. Uh, and to get us started with our program today, Luann, I'd like to read Isaiah 40:29, which says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think nowhere is that more evident than when we consider the parent of a child who has special needs. You know, Ryan, just last weekend at a school event, I sat behind a family with a five or six-year-old special needs child, and uh, I was just reminded again of the amazing lengths that these parents go oh. to to meet the needs of their children. Unbelievable. Uh, the love that they have for their sons and daughters uh, just mirrors the love that the Lord has for us. Last time here on Family Talk, we heard from Emily Colson, the daughter of the late Chuck Colson, uh, talking about how she cares for her own special needs son, Max, and she does this as a single mom. Well, it's only been a few weeks since that great man of faith went home to be with the Lord, and uh, we want to once again express our love and sympathies to the family he left behind, including his grandson, Max, uh, who, as we heard yesterday, has autism. Uh, Emily has written a book about her struggles and joys that we're going to discuss again today called Dancing with Max, a mother and son who broke free. She has so much uh, wisdom and hope to share with parents today. Listeners will really uh, connect with her honesty and her vulnerability as she shares her story today. And if you missed the first half of our discussion with Emily and her late father, Chuck Colson, you can always listen online or request a CD at drjamesdobson.org. Well, here now to get us started is our host, Dr. James Dobson, along with these esteemed guests here in our studio on this Family Talk broadcast. Emily, we were uh, talking about your story and Max's story last time Mm -hmm. and uh, how difficult the early days were. But actually, you told us before we went on the air today that the most difficult moment uh, was uh, when he was nine years old. And that's when things really got difficult to explain. They did. at, at nine years old, the autism had become so challenging that we could barely leave the house. We couldn't go to the grocery store. We mm-hmm. couldn't go anywhere without it couldn't go becoming. To church, really, we could couldn't you? go to church. We spent years at home not being able to go to church. It was just like everything else. We were really becoming prisoners of autism. And I wasn't sleeping because mm-hmm. Max wasn't sleeping. And at nine, by the end of the day, um, I would come downstairs and I would sit in a rocking chair and there was nothing left of me. I would Mm -hmm. stare at the wall. I didn't want to read. I didn't have the energy to look at a magazine or watch television or talk on the phone. I really wanted it all to stop. Mm. And at that time, I found a hole in the wall in our hallway, and and it wasn't anything new, really. Max was always bumping into things and damaging <laughs> things in our house. And I couldn't figure out how that hole happened, and I brought Max over and started to ask him questions, didn't get anywhere, and I thought, I'll bet 
he put his vacuum cleaner through that wall. He loves his vacuum cleaner. So I opened up the closet door to see if the vacuum cleaner handle fit because I just had to know how that hole got there. And I realized as I opened up the door, the doorknob fit exactly into that hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. But Max hadn't done it. I had done it when in the middle of the night, in one Mm -hmm. of those rocking chair moments, getting up, trying to clean, the shelf had broken in the closet, and that just broke me. And I took that door and I swung it so hard that it put a hole right through the wall. And when I realized that and realized how short life is, even through struggles, it just changed something for me. And I don't know if it was a decision as much as it was a letting go, but I made a commitment that night that I would wake up the next morning and I would say, this is my last day alive. What am I going to do with it? It wasn't, what would I do if it were my last day? I really thought, maybe I can only survive one more day. I couldn't imagine how I could keep going. I knew I wasn't going to quit, but I had no idea how I could keep going with the life we were leading. So that next morning, I got up, and (laughs) we decided we're going to go for life. We're going to live brave. We are going to go out into the world, and why would I care if it's my last day alive if my son has a tantrum? Why would I care if people stare? Why Mm. would I care if people criticize? Mm. And if it doesn't go well, it's all right. It's one day. But if I've got one day with my son, I am going to live it. Make the most of it. I'm going to make the most. And some of the things didn't work out quite so well. She took him to a swimming pool in town the first time she'd ever done it. And she thought she's hobnobbing with all the fine people in town. She got into this club with Max. All of a sudden, she's sitting at at the edge of the pool, and this object comes flying through the air. And she thinks, wonder what that is. Hit a splat, hit the water, and she suddenly discovered it was Max's bathing suit. And he's popping up and down because <laughs> these kids, are, these kids are totally innocent. Yeah, you know, that's, that's amazing characteristic thing about it. of autism. He didn't think a thing of it, and of course, then we asked her wash her. <laughs> but then there were many other experiences that I mean, the, the decision he made to live her life from that day forward was a huge change, and mm-hmm. I, I began to see it, and I began to see what happened instead of being sort of in the bombshell. She was now really out living, trusting God every single day. And Max loves the Lord. I, mm-hmm. I had the thrill of baptizing him in, my, in our <laughs> swimming pool, and he wanted to be one day. And mm-hmm. Emily drew the pictures and made it possible. That's yes. A- oh, it was so wonderful because I brought Max to my dad's church. It was too difficult for him at that time. We're, we now are in our church, which is so exciting. But at the time, we really couldn't be a, a part of our church. But in my dad's... Because he was so disruptive. Because it was yeah. just so difficult for yeah. him. And my dad's church has a wonderful lobby that we could sit in and watch the television monitor with the screen. And he saw, Max saw a woman being baptized. And he said to me, Mom, I want to get baptized. <laughs> and Emily drew a little picture uh, of the of Jesus on the cross, and then I love Jesus, and then what what baptism was and what it meant. 
So as soon as he could see that, and I knew he really understood it, then I took him in the pool. I'll never forget that day as long as I live, nor will he. Nobody's had a baptism like quite like this. <laughs> he was so joyous when they came up out of that water, <laughs> the newness of life. And he every day, every time he comes to our house and goes in the pool now, he re- reenacts it because mm. it was so pivotal in his life. And the picture that hangs on the wall of my home, it's my tr- most treasured possession because to be able to baptize your grandson <laughs> uh, and see that he really got it. And then the story, Jim, goes on of how he got into his own church and then how he began to change people in other churches. Oh, and we tell him that. It's so wonderful. You know, you, you have to kind of take a creative approach <laughs> when you have a child that doesn't quite fit the norm, you have to think a little bit outside the box. And for when Max was very young, I could bring him to church with me, and he loved it. But when it became too difficult, we did what so many other families with autistic children do. We stayed home. And mm-hmm. I think the church doesn't even realize how many families are out there not coming to church because we can't get to the door. Yeah. And so we stayed home, and I finally, I was so sad. Max was baptized, and it was really heartbreaking to think that we weren't in a church. So I thought, we're going to do this. We're going to live each day big, so we're going to get brave. And I thought, I'm going to start with the one thing Max did love about church when he was younger. What he loved is when it was over. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought he loved the coffee hour. People are running around, kids are playing in the sanctuary. And so I thought, we're gonna go at the end. So we walked in the first day. As people are coming out, we're trying to fight our way into the church and people are looking at us like, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, it turned out that as we're kind of milling around and Max is having a great time, one of the men there asked him to help stack up chairs. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the end of church, as we're about to leave, he came up, one of these men came up to Max and said, Max, we could really use you on the grunt crew. And I'm looking thinking, what's the grunt crew? Well, the grunt crew is the team that comes in after the service and stacks up the chairs so that the youth group can use the sanctuary later on in the day. They vacuum, they clean, they do whatever kind Mm -hmm. of heavy lifting work needs to be done, move tables. I cannot tell you how proud Max was at that moment when he was needed. Mm. He was asked to be a part of this. And he's done this now for, I would say, six years. (laughs) And Sunday mornings, he bounces out of bed because he knows he's got to be right on time for missing church. (laughs) He gets there. We come a little earlier now so that he can hear the music in the back. And so I brought Max to church thinking that Max really needed to be in the church. We needed the church. And it has turned out that the church needs the Maxes. We need the Maxes. He brings out compassion and caring and honesty that 
I haven't seen come out in any other way. Mm. Emily, I heard your dad refer to the fact that that you're an artist and that somehow the fact that you're able to draw really helped um, uncover some of your relationship with Max. Talk about that briefly. Oh, we've had just the most amazing experience for the past 10 years. I started praying 10 years ago that God would lift Max's anxiety. Mm -hmm. Just at that time, a consultant had advised me to use my artistic gifts and draw things out for Max because he couldn't sequence events, he couldn't understand cause and effect, which made life really confusing and complicated. Mm -hmm. So in front of him, I just started drawing out things that were happening around us so that he could see what came first, what happened next, how did it finish. Kind of a storyboard. A storyboard. And what came of that very quickly, because Max was now comfortable with that system. He knew I was going to draw out what was happening. He began to initiate what he wanted to say and what he told me. He would tell me things that happened eight years prior that were still in his mind. He would dictate. I would write down exactly what he said, and I would draw a picture very quickly of whatever he was telling me Mm -hmm. about. And when he saw his words land on the page and become concrete and tangible, his language just poured Mm. out. And he would tell me about his fears, his worries, things he was, his dreams that he would have that he didn't know how to process. And always at the end of our drawings, I would help him understand it's done or in some way Mm -hmm. it's finished. Mm -hmm. We have now about 1,400 of these drawings. And you've kept them. Oh, and we keep them. They're in binders. And Max looks at them every single day. He opens them up to different pages. And in the early years when he was worried about something, he would run to his books and he'd flip open the page and he'd say, I need to find CVS. And I knew what was happening. What would have been a tantrum before was now let me see let me see that memory and let me mm-hmm. see that it's all done and very quickly in this process in the early years when he was having so many tantrums i could bring out a sheet of paper in the middle of the tantrum and say max do you want to have a picture talk what do you want to say and i'd sit on the floor instead of trying to hold him or hold mm-hmm. on to other objects that might go through the air I just sit with a piece of paper. It was amazing. He would come over and sit beside me and tell me what was on his mind. And it was oftentimes nothing to do with what was going on during that day. It could have been a memory from two years before that that was swirling through his mind where a typical kid might say, Mom, I really really didn't like that thing that happened. I'm worried about that. And the mom would then reassure the child, Mm -hmm. we couldn't do that until he could begin to speak and watch his language pour out. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that was God answering my prayer for anxiety. And he had already given me the artistic gift. God had given me that gift. And then he gave me Max, who learns and processes visually. Emily, you must feel good about the job that you have done with Max. 
Uh, you know, you talked about the early days where it was so difficult and so hard, and you didn't understand what was going on. And uh, through the Lord's help, you have come to a point where you know how to communicate with this boy. There have been so many gifts along the way. I think I am truthfully a mom who is still making mistakes, a mom who is still learning. If anybody tells you that they completely understand autism, (laughs) they really haven't been around that many kids because it's a journey. It's unpredictable, and I'm grateful I don't know if I always think of it as feeling good about the job I've done, but I feel really good Mm -hmm. about it. You ought to think more about that because you are good at it. What blesses me too, Emily, is that it wasn't even so much the actual gift of drawing. It was just the fact that it was a gift God had placed in you long before Max was even born. He had already equipped you with the answer that you would need as a mom. And there's moms listening that have to realize that. The Lord has given me Mm -hmm. the very solution that I need. There's no accidents here. There's no coincidences here. I have the gift from God for what this child needs right right now. Exactly. And it's all different kinds of gifts. It may not be the gift of art, but it's compassion or it's patience or it's all sorts of other things and creativity or the gift of teaching and just the love that pours out of parents for these kids. We are not looking for a trade-in. We want to help our kids as much as we can. And I know that that moms like me will do, will do everything and anything to help our kids make the progress that they need to make and can make. But boy, we love them just as they are right along the way. You know, the scripture tells us that uh, we see through a dark glass, but in the time to come, we will know even as we are now known. And Max is going to know someday. He's going to understand everything that's confusing to him now. And you're going to share that with him. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Along that line, Emily and and Chuck, um, we're coming down to the end of this uh, second program that we've done together. And uh, I would really like for you to address those people out there that are breaking in half today. Mm -hmm. Those people who have gone as far as they could go. You're talking to people like that. They're tuned in today. And they're identifying with you today. It may not be autism they're dealing with, but it may be mental disability. It may be cerebral palsy. It may be any number of things. And where are they? They're not in the church for the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, in your church... Look around and see how many wheelchairs are there. Right. Yeah, there may be a few, but they're not many. Those people don't feel welcome often. Right. Yeah, speak to them. Give them some encouragement and hope. Your to. book is filled with hope. Mm-hmm. Share some of yes, it. Yes, it is. And if I can speak to that person right now directly, I would tell you, my friend, that I have been in the pit and I know what it is to feel isolated and rejected and to not know how in the world you're gonna keep going. And everything in you is screaming to quit. But I will tell you that what I've seen happen 
over the years and what has come from that time of pain has been the most extraordinary journey of joy. I never would have chosen this life, and I will never trade this journey. So I'm going to tell you to hold on and to look for God because he is going to show up in your life. God loves to work through our weaknesses. He loves to work through our broken places. And I know because I've got broken places and I've got failures. And that's just where he steps in. So I'm going to encourage you today to be brave, to think outside the box, think about possibilities because God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, and he uh, is our strength. Oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> Chuck, um, uh, speak to the rest of the family. There are others out there in the position that you are in. Your heart was breaking for your daughter. Uh, what were you thinking and feeling? you have anything encouraging to say to them? Well, I would say to them that you have to really trust the Lord because it's only when you hit the the end of your own abilities that you begin to see the power of God really work. Paul writes about that in the first in the first chapter of Second Corinthians, which I just read last week, saved me at a moment of despair. Uh, so don't give up. Just keep loving your child. Keep loving your family member who's hurting. Just be there. The, the biggest thing mm-hmm. they need is to know that somebody's there that'll help them. The biggest single thing that Emily felt was isolation at the beginning and rejection. And so what the family member has to do is kind of suck it in. You're hurting inside, but you don't. You try not to show it. You try to cheer up your daughter mm-hmm. and or your loved one who's in trouble. And show them unconditional love and just stand with them and trust exactly the same way Emily said. If you trust in the Lord, he is going to step in. He's done so much. You know, I used to get on airplanes. I was very impatient if I'd hear a baby crying. (laughs) And I'd want to move. Me too. Yeah, and I would sit there and I would say, oh, come on, why can't that mother control the child? Now I'll often go over and wish the mother well, and I, uh, it doesn't, you know, you think much less of yourself and more of others when you mm-hmm. give yourself to others. I've been giving myself to prisoners for years, and it's easy with the prisoners. I've learned in my family how wonderful it is when we can give to each other in the family. Mm-hmm. And, and Max has given to me, and Emily's given to me richly, and we've got a family back. So just keep standing with that person and trusting the Lord. And he's going to bring his healing power to bear. Mm-hmm. Well, our time is gone. Let's uh, let's end with this. The name of the book is Dancing with Max, a mother and son who broke free. There's yes. the hope. Isn't there it? is the hope. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, he's 19 years old. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And what's life like with Max? You got to do this quickly. but uh, He is so much Fun. I wish everybody could be around somebody like Max. I'm so grateful to have such an extraordinary young man for my son who's had such a positive influence on other people and a positive influence on the world around him. And isn't that what we all want as parents? Mm-hmm. We want to know that our kids have made a positive difference. And you for have done else. that too, Emily. Thank Thank you you for sharing your pain and your journey. 
and uh, and what the Lord is doing in your life now. And Chuck, it's always so good to have you here. Well, Jim, I was just thinking back on all the programs we've done. Uh, this is the first time I haven't been able to get through it without choking up about four times. <laughs> Probably the most personal program we've ever done together. Um, and at this point in life, you realize what really matters is your relationship with the Lord first and then with your family. Um, I never got that right before, so thanks to Max and Emily, I got it. Wow, a very personal glimpse inside the heart of uh, Mr. Chuck Colson, along with his daughter Emily Colson on this Family Talk broadcast. Ryan, that moment is made all the more tender uh, knowing that Mr. Colson is no longer with us here on Earth. We miss him already, Luann, along with so many others across the globe whose lives this family has touched. Uh, but I hope this broadcast, in addition to offering help and hope to parents with special needs children, uh, will also bring the Colson family to our minds and hearts. And if you'd like to find out more about Chuck Colson's legacy and the ministries that meant so much to him, visit drjamesdobson.org. Uh, also there you'll find Emily Colson's book, Dancing with Max. Again, you don't want to miss that. It all begins at drjamesdobson.org. Speaking to the special needs parents uh, that we've been focusing on today, if you find that uh, right now you need someone to talk with you or pray with you about your circumstances, Ryan, as we were saying earlier, this is a very difficult task That's right. for a parent to undertake. Here at Family Talk, we are there for you, and we would love uh, to have you give us a call. The phone number, 877-732-6825. You've been listening to a classic edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk, featuring our former co-hosts, Ryan Dobson and Luann Crane. Be sure to join us again next time for another edition of Family Talk. Family Talk is not associated with Focus on the Family.